2: And welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Uh, hey!
3: Look at Street is unhappy. Is that jazz? <laughs> 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 course, uh, it wasn't, was that jazz refrain? It had a tune, so of course it wasn't jazz.
4: <laughs> oh, okay, <laughs> sorry. going somewhere rather than meandering painfully <laughs> to a ten-minute we Are we talking about Palace again, or...? <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's, it's, it's a very positive pod this week because this is the day after Palace of Pete and Brighton 2-1 at the Amex with the last kick of the game uh, from Christine Benteke and uh, I'll be asking you all how you reacted to that goal when it went in. Uh, and those people I'm asking. Oh, Kevin
3: Day, hello to you. Hello, hello there. How you doing? Hello. I'm all right, thank you. I was just wondering what number pod this was.
2: though <laughs> You're the only person that We're... seems to care about the numbers each week, but uh, oh, I respect oh, oh, that. People,
3: people do care. They so... need to know that it's not a repeat. Do you want to have a guess? Three 70, 372. <gasps> Bang on. There you go. Very
2: good. He's seen the notes already. Um, Travis Endicott. <laughs> Hello. Oh, unfortunately, there <laughs> are lots of notes. I know it doesn't sound like it. Um, Trav, good to see you. How are you doing? I'm very good. Yourself? I'm very good. Yes, very good indeed. And Rand. Uh, someone I know is going to be uber positive. It's Andy Street. Hello to you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? <laughs> That's positive, by the way. That's him being yeah, upbeat. He's, 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 <laughs> really, he's
3: really cheerful. He's well. Calm down, Andy. Jesus.
2: Yeah, he I, I can't. I can't contain myself. I'm. I'm just delirious. <laughs> uh, we will get on to that. Before we do that, let's uh, do a shout out to a random patron. So, drum roll, please. <laughs> it's Joey Miller. Hey, Hi, Joey. Joey. Uh, who has recently joined our patron. You can join our Patreon and get all the awards that Joey's got, like the post-match podcast, and I'll be doing a snippet of that later on, uh, patron-only merch, and access to the patron-only WhatsApp club at patron.com forward slash FYP podcast. Um, Kevin, it, Benteke's goal, the winning goal at the Amex, is going to go down as one of the most memorable moments in Palace history. Sadly, we mm. weren't there to witness it, but uh, we at least got to watch it. On TV. Um, I'm going to... We've got an FYP thread of people replying to how they reacted to this goal last night. And there's some quite funny anecdotes. But how did you react when that goal went in?
3: Noisily. <laughs> Good. Uh, I, 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 I don't really want to, to tell people how. I, I jumped on the coffee table at one stage. And then I became convinced it would be disallowed for some FYP reason. <laughs> and Because football doesn't like us. Yeah. Uh, um, I was I was very happy. I think possibly we should we should have uh, another pod on Thursday. I think we should just have a 10-minute pod today where we just laugh <laughs> and go. <laughs> and then on Thursday, we can deal with those people last night who tweeted, it was just papering over the cracks and it, uh, still rubbish Roy out there. Uh, uh, we could talk about it before. What I will say is I watched the whole of the post-match uh, Sky thing, Monday Night Football, with Jamie Carragher and, of course, the obligatory... Brighton person, of course there was nobody from Palace, not once did they mention Gaeta, not once so there was no montage of outstanding Gaeta saves There's a you know, mainly it was concentrating on the goals because the last time I checked, regardless of how much the media liked Brighton, the idea is that you have to score more goals <laughs> than the opposite it's true. basically it is true. Sky, Sky did try and, and talk us out of the three points, at one stage I thought they might be on the phone to the Premier League saying look at Graham Potter's poor Poor face. Look at the way we pass the ball to each other in a way that no one's ever seen before, and yet this team had the desparity to score two goals, two brilliant, a double nutmeg for the first goal. Amazing. Uh, I went as I went as I went ape shit. I went potty. I went. It was just <laughs> it, not even in the context of the game. It was just the, almost the last kick of the game against brighton it was it was brilliant it was
2: wonderful i think we we have to allow ourselves to go you know despite the context of the season and we actually are best ever points return at this this stage context of the game we have to allow ourselves to go a bit mad in this it's a way our you know our rivals and it's the last kick of the game and it was completely undeserved um jcpsc says how did you celebrate protect winner i ran upstairs and downstairs scaring everyone in my household Uh, so well done to him (laughs) here's a few more off twitter um I don't know this person's Twitter handle, but their name is Brighton Players are distraught. Cloud all over. Um, to- told the other half we'd won, got told off for screaming, and then Ian Groom Veteran replied saying, me too, got told to calm down. Told it was Benteke, and she said, fair enough.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, um, Paul Tant says, I woke the kids up with my reaction first, then scared the daughter as she was about to head off to school with my reaction to the second. So Paul must be uh, somewhere abroad, I'm guessing. Or she always Mike to works
4: really hard. <laughs> <Or she didn't>, <laughs>
2: <yeah>. <laughs> Mike Cooling, I scared my missus and son with a goal shout. Robin Bolton, I banged my head on the ceiling twice, <laughs> bouncing off the bed. I put paint back up with a beer glue. I think he's had too much to drink. fix it in the morning. Never too old to bounce. Robin, you do you, mate. You do you. And then at Lifeline Gold, I scared the cat witless. He was definitely unsettled by my celebration. (laughs) I mean, never
3: too old to bounce. That's the that's the theme of this pod, isn't it? (laughs) That's that's the name of the pod. Yeah, I noticed Um, by the way that the world's unluckiest massage company didn't sponsor us after we beat Brighton away. He only chooses. He only chooses bad weeks to sponsor us.
4: Kevin, the chips fall how they fall.
3: Unfortunately, well, there's just not a lot order. of
4: tension that needs to be relieved. I don't think after <laughs> last night, everyone's, <laughs> everyone's already as relaxed as I am every week. <laughs> uh, Trav, how did you react to that goal
2: going in?
6: Um, well, I am in the process of moving house, so I had so much energy after it went in. I took a, a long walk through Forest Hill and lugged a few items around um, <laughs> just, just so I could calm down and get a good night's sleep. Um, the only the only disappointing thing was which was a positive going into the game was it being a Monday night, thinking they're in great form, we're not playing too well, this might save our weekend by not um getting thrashed uh, 3-0 on a Friday night. Yeah. I wish, I wish it was on Friday night, because I don't think I'd be um alive to be speaking at this podcast now. <laughs> speaking at this pod now. I think the weekend would have would have taken me to some, some far places. Um but yeah, it was a. Uh, it was well I mean like, like we all know didn't play massively well and completely stole it um, but at the end of the day a, a game like that it doesn't come down to form because it's such a it's, it's like a it's like a cup game anything can happen and to win it in such a manner um, I mean yeah yeah I was I woke up on the floor laughing this morning still holding my belly <laughs> ribs my, my ribs aren't doing too well let me put it that way <laughs> <laughs> I think I think laughter is, as
2: Kevin said, is That's the exact sure, right reaction to it because it is just ridiculous. Jack Pierce, obviously who featured on the podcast, tweeted us saying what is an appropriate apology gift to neighbours following bursts of uncontrollable noise at three minutes to ten last night? <laughs> Any suggestions?
3: It depends who they support, really. True. Yeah. Just true. They well be... he he lives in Sussex, so possibly. Oh, well, would oh, be in that case some kind of pheasant pate, I guess.
6: But <laughs> just buy them the DVD of the games; so they can understand what it was, what was happening next door. Uh, Andy, perspective, Andy.
2: I'm looking forward to hearing this. How did you celebrate? A Little fist pump, a little.
4: Uh, I, th- I think, I, you know I raised a smile. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. He looked, wow. Up from, looked up from his spreadsheet, raised a smile. Spreadsheet. I'm not an accountant, mate. Calm <laughs> down. No. I, 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 I have this thing that I, I'm actually quite sanguine during most matches, but they're very occasionally let out what can only be described as uh, a pheasant-like squawk when we score an exciting <laughs> goal. And um, I have two toddler children, as you both know, as you all know, who, who none of them sleep, and so I let out the pheasant squawk at nine fifty three or whatever it was, then really was quite concerned that I might have woken both of my children up. And then as soon as I realised I hadn't done that and was able to celebrate them both being asleep and Palace having done what they did, I pulled a nice whiskey and had a whiskey to celebrate. I uh, thought that might be part yeah. of
3: your celebration, yeah. It was, Ed, Ed, Ed was upstairs. He was doing a podcast that he does with two Americans, so he couldn't not do it at their time, basically. Mm. Uh, but he was obviously watching something that had a slight delay because my my... My shouts were echoed like fifteen seconds later by him at the top of the house, <laughs> I was having to retake part of the podcast because this limey guy was shouting get the, fuck <laughs> the shot I was still I'd only just stopped celebrating the first goal by the time Ben because that the reaction <laughs> that the, the disbelief that was disbelieving laughter that was a double nutmeg with a back and again, it's typical of Sky that they had to show a montage of similar goals afterwards that they all said were better yeah.
6: than Meteta's <laughs> yeah.
3: back Because I can't get
2: it in the head that a Palace player they, scored a back Exactly. Here.
3: So they just had to show five or six of them and say, oh, well, they're all actually better than one tonight, <laughs> which wasn't true. Was well, brilliant, brilliant you, I'm glad you brought it up because I got a few questions about
2: Meteta. We're going to come on to Benteke's goal and Benteke in general in part two of The Athletic. Um, but the Meteta goal, Kevin, as you said, brilliant goal. We talked on last week's pod, or pod before last, about why Mateta only got a few minutes out at mm. Leeds, a few minutes off the bench against Burnley, didn't play against Newcastle, and you know, does Roy know what he's doing? And it could be argued that he, so far, has played it perfectly, because when he gave him his start, he's um, he scored his first shot on goal mm. in the Premier League. I mean, it's an incredible start, incredible goal. Uh, Patrick Stevens has said, Mateta legend after two games. Is that a record?
3: Probably, yeah. Maybe it's sweet to tell him now. The memories are still sweet. <laughs> uh, and, there's, and there's also because it was just after Alan Smith said uh, in his co-commentary that he won't be getting many chances. I was um, watching the West Ham game uh, against Spurs. I was getting actually quite cross because I was thinking what a brilliant piece of business Jesse Lingard was for West Ham and what we could do with a striker who can conjure up something out of nothing. And then lo and behold, he went and scored a very... Non typically, Palace goal. It was, it was his, his positioning, his anticipation, the way he, he he saw where the cross was going to come, the physical strength, the actual skill to score. It was, it was great. I thought, in general, he had a good game in difficult circumstances, really. he's, he's looked like he led the line quite well. It was a strange, it, it was an odd formation. I mean, Eze was completely lost in that sort of 4 3 3, unfortunately, but I thought he. he he showed enough. I thought he showed a lot of potential. I think, yeah, you know, we saw the way Hodgson handled Ezede. It was unlikely that he was going to be thrown in for the first ninety minutes, and unfortunately, he, you know, he hasn't looked outstanding so far. But that's only in brief glimpses. I thought he did really well last night, and also said exactly the right things afterwards. Said I was probably lying that his family in France had told him what an important game this was. <laughs> But he said, say that, but he, he did. He said <laughs> that all his family and friends had told him that this was the big game for Palace fans. So, uh, he, the fact that he even had the sense to say that was 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 brilliant. So good for him. A, I mean, he's a cracking goal. He's he, he. I don't know about legend already, but he's bought himself five games of not playing particularly well. When we've, we've seen what he can do, and also I have to say, you know, the first thing, God love him, Dr. John Curran, best sponsor this pod ever had uh said and quite rightly so is look what happens when you get crosses in the box yeah two, two crosses two goals
2: absolutely I mean and Trav that first goal owed much to I would say arguably our best player on the night Jordan Ayu, I thought and and his endeavor that, that you know you're going to get from him uh beating two or three men down there drawing dunk out I don't know why dunk went out there but and then squaring into the middle so obviously you need that to set it up but you know the movement and and I thought Jamie Carragher sort of uh freeze-framing it and, and looking at Meteta's arm and the way he sort of armed off the defender and everything about it sort of looked like a seasoned Premier League striker. This is a guy that's barely played five minutes in the Premier League. So it's, it's very encouraging, isn't it, from a Palace point of view?
6: He does. He seems like someone who, who is um, is in the right place at the right time and is a bit of a natural finisher. On the ball, he looks a li- a slightly clunky. Doesn't look like he has the best technique in the world, but he scored two hat-tricks this season already in the Bundesliga, I think. Um, scored a few goals so he seems like one of those play- players like a batshuai in a way that's in the right place at the right time and can and can put the ball away and has the physical attributes that strikers need in a Premier League because the they had a massive back four the other day I think they, well, the left back was about 6-7 yeah. and to hold I off who burn, he did was good but I mean uh, Andros mentioned it after the game uh, when he came when he said at half time him and Benteke spoke about getting the ball into the box for the second goal as well and I think he said to Grierson, and it was like uh, watching, it was like 16, 17 Palace all over again, which makes you think, why, why, why don't you go out there and try and replicate mm. it again? And then in Ben Teke's interview, he also mentioned the fact that Andros had mentioned it to him half the So they were, they were both on the, they both chatted about it, and it, obviously it led to the, the second goal. And the first ball, uh, the first goal was a, a ball into the box as well. So it does make you think, if the players know what, what can be achieved through doing those things, why haven't we been doing it a bit more over previous weeks? We've been very I- lost.
3: The, the, Bundes, I, the Bundesliga thing is quite interesting. I read a piece by a German journalist talking about Mateta, saying that the, the Bundesliga is the continental league that's closest to the, the Premier League.
6: Physicality-wise?
3: Physicality-wise, yeah. It hasn't yeah. quite the same intensity, but it certainly doesn't rely on simple technique the way that maybe French, Italian, Spanish football does. You, you do get marked, you do get tackled. And he'd see, he said, he's, you, if you score goals in the Bundesliga, the chances are you can score goals in the Premier League. And his record in the Bundesliga is actually much better than I, I thought. He scores he scores goals in the Bundesliga. And he's he's certainly got a physical presence for a Premier League
2: player. Yeah, I love the idea, Trav, that they, Palace, the players discuss, let's get more balls in the box at half-time. And then the second half got one cross in in <laughs> well, the I 94th think, minute. Yeah, well,
6: uh, there we go. But I, th- I think it was... They looked. They think they'd looked the goals together. Benteke mm. and Androsni had said, "I think all the goals that you've ever assisted me from have been from the left hand side. You're on the left hand side now. Let's give it a go." I mean, yeah, it took <laughs> to the last minute. I mean, it, that it's another great thing: two touches in the box and two goals. I mean, you, you just put a massive beaming smile on your face, doesn't it? Thinking about it now. Yeah, I just thought it
3: just showed how much we were in control of the game that we <laughs> we decided where to score the goal basically, that we could have scored at any time and just waited until the 95th exactly. It's
2: like Efficient, efficient, if anything.
3: Um, mm. Andy, Anton has put uh,
2: Mateta, goal of the season, question mark. And I know what you're going to say. The season's not over, so we can't say what the goal of the season yet is. Um, but it was a wonderful, wonderful finish. And, you know, for a player that's got an 18-month loan deal here, and we hope he's going to see that out, You want as a striker, you want to hit the ground running. He absolutely has done that in the best possible way, with a great goal against our rivals. So yeah, hopefully this, this will be... I'm just realising I need to end on an open question for him as well.
4: So um, you <laughs> oh, that's hope. How you become paranoid. I, I now only have to view, give you a little glance through Zoom to know that if there's a yes no answer, I'm giving a yes or a no. OK, I think I've got it. Um, so uh,
2: <laughs> it's a fantastic start. W- what sort of impact could Mateta have after this start at Palace?
4: Are they, you're, you're, you're really getting this, JD. You really are. Um, I've got to say, mate, from what I've seen of him so far, he you know he's quite raw, isn't he? The, the ball hasn't tended to stick too much so far, the, the hold-up play hasn't really been there but that finish was just so instinctive and uh, strikers are all about confidence, I know it's a football cliche but it really is the case um, and although we've said that numerous times when Benteke's teke's finally broken ducks, it, he'll definitely iron a purple patch and uh, start, start embarking on a scoring streak um, it's, it's never a bad thing as a striker to start in that way, it, it's going to take him some time, I mean he, the good thing is now that we ought to be safe. It's now probably four points from 13 required. So he will be able to play some minutes, not being under immense pressure personally and can start to learn the league, hopefully to really hit the ground running next season, but it was just a wonderful goal to watch. which just really fun. Um, and it just, do you know what I, I got to the end of last night? And I think I texted it to a few people. It just shows football is such a daft and wonderful sport. You know, we we were just pretty abject throughout the pitch yesterday, And yet the application was excellent. And yet we came away and won. And just those three things don't seem at all consistent with one another. Um, But it's, you know, you you kind of come away having spent 88 minutes of it really frustrated, but two minutes of absolute magic from Mateto and from from Ben Teke lit it all up, didn't they? It it seemed like
3: Jamie Jamie Carragher felt felt like he rediscovered (laughs) his love for football. He thought that was such a brilliant football score. He, he just kept chuckling, but it was interesting that Trav mentioned 2016, 17, because Jamie Carragher said an interesting thing, and I thought it was streety actually, because it was a it was a kind of grown up, yet slightly dull, sensible thing. Thanks, mate. It, it was bringing us back <laughs> down to earth type thing. No, what he said because they were talking about uh, Hodgson and replacing Hodgson, as I'm sure we still have questions about that to come. But um, Gus Poyet said yeah, most football fans would take Palace Palace finish. The record is they finish anywhere between 12th and 14th, basically. In a bad year, they finish 15th. In a good year, they could finish 10th. He said, "Who wouldn't take that?" And, and Carragher started talking about the character of Palace, and he harked back to that that 16-17. And he said, "Whoever replaces Roy Hodgson has got to be a similar manager. It's got to be. It's got to be an Allardyce type or a Puget's type." He said, "Because there's nothing wrong with being. And this is Street. There's nothing wrong with being an established Premier League team. There's nothing, not every team has to play with." Underlapping centre backs or three skillful midfield players. It said it's, 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 certain teams suit a certain style of football, and it's a Sellers Park when it's packed with basically what he's a gnarly Palace fans don't particularly expect brilliant football, but they 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 get every season enough excitement and enough points to keep them up. And it's like it's is that wish careful what you wish for thing because it was for a moment, I was, I was thinking, I oh, don't say that now. But then I was thinking, no, oh, that's exactly—he's he's, he's right. Street is right. I hate to say it, but you know, is that—is that? Let's let's not. After we've nicked a two-one win in true palace style, spoil it by say yeah, well, we could do that by playing brilliant football for ninety minutes.
2: I thought Andy might want to come in on the fact that you said he was right there. I mean, he seems to be just sort of processing it. No, I'm, I'm kind—I'm of, kind of used to that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, I mean, it's a, it's a very fair point because at the end of the day, and Roy said this after the game as well, is that the only sort of stat that matters is, is the points, the only stat that matters is the goals, the only stat that matters is, you know, points on the board and where you're on the table. We will come on to that in a minute because we have had some questions I'm going to do in part three of, of, of people talking about sort of the bigger picture. Before we do that, a nod. Uh, I'll go to Travis. This. Travis. I think for the defence because... We talk a lot about Cahill, we talk a lot about Kiarte and he seems to be fairly in- uh, inconsistent. Uh, depending on what the Palace result, we're either, we're either hammering him or praising him. But they were both excellent last night. I mean, some of the, the blocks they were putting in, in the box were superb. And when you are under siege, you do actually need sort of seasoned pros like that. Uh, Cahill in particular was wonderful. Daz K had said, how much does Gary Cahill love defending? He's bloody mm-hmm. good at it, isn't it? And, and last night, he, he absolutely was, wasn't he, Trav?
6: yeah well, all four of them were brilliant I think Tyrone Mitchell was was, um, played very well as well Joel Ward as well is as seasoned as Gary Cahill is and I think I saw a stat on Twitter earlier I'm not sure if I'm repeating it correctly or how correct it was in the first place but I think since uh, Joel Ward has played for us since 2012 every time he's played Brighton he hasn't we haven't lost. He's always beaten Brighton when he's played, Whoa. when he started in the starting wow. 11. And the games we've lost, he's either been on the bench or hasn't been in the squad at all. So Joel Ward is, um, Joel Ward might, might have been the good luck charm for the defence last night.
2: Wow, I didn't know that.
6: Um, but yeah, Gary, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's something along those lines since 2012. Since he, If he's been in the starting 11 against Brighton, we, um, we haven't lost. But yeah, I think that all four of them are great. it because of the way Brighton played, uh, we could soak up the pressure that, um, and know n- we weren't going to concede because their problem has been recently dominating games but not putting the ball in the back of the net. I think they showed the last six or seven games, they've all been 1-0s, 1-1s, 0-0s, thereabouts. So I think we knew today, we yesterday, if we soaked up the pressure, that it would be a little bit easier than the little bit of magic that other teams seem to have every now and again that, that, that um, makes us concede. But yeah, uh, yeah. Yesterday it was tight. As the games have been recently, I don't think we've necessarily played as badly. We just keep we just keep switching off at points. And Andros Townsend even admitted for the goal that he switched off himself in, in the interview. So yeah. it's just the little it's the little things like that. Yeah. I think we have been we have we are tight and we are playing well. And the back four is starting to the players that haven't Tyreek Mitchell's um, coming into his own. Kiartes mm-hmm. getting better at centre because He's been having to play there a lot this season, and it's just it's taken a while. But the past few games, there has been a bit more consistency, and it's just been the little lack of concentration here, there. But I mean, that's suppose when you're a defender, that's the main thing, isn't it? Not having those lapses in concentration. I think
4: it showed how uh, lazy, as well, some of the rhetoric that you sometimes get from uh, some critics can be on application, passion, and desire from footballers. You know, had Hmm. had that goal not gone in at the end last night, I imagine the. and I don't want wish to go Chelsea here because who would want that? But uh, the narrative would have been very, very different. And it, it struck me that mm. on about 80 minutes, I, I actually tweeted saying, the one thing you have to say tonight is that you cannot fault the application and desire of those throwing, them, throwing their bodies on the line, mm. really showing physical commitment. We weren't, we weren't very good last night. The, the retention of the ball wasn't particularly good. We gave away a lot of chances. There were a huge amount of mistakes defensively. But what they did do is just show real... Desire and commitment to try and just put absolutely everything in front of the ball to, to stop any form of, you know, shot crossing the line. And um, I don't know, we've heard it before when we've lost games against Brighton and the very quick rhetorical device that fans reach for as well, the players just didn't want it enough. It just shows that, you know, that ultimately there's such fine margins that you see in yeah. these types of games that the narrative changes so very much based on just one kick of the ball.
3: Yeah. Also, that, that
4: desire thing is, is, I thought, was really interesting with the second goal
3: because I'm sure, like most of us, I was saying, you know, which came, by the way, from a Benteke miscontrol in the middle of the, <laughs> our own arm. <half. laughs> Bounced off him initially. Ayu did really well, but basically, I was going, willing Ayu to go into some sort of. I was corner. furious. I was, abso- I was absolutely then, furious with him. When he, when he gave it to Andros, it's like, just <laughs> take it in the corner, Andros, don't do anything to it. And any cause they but they wanted yeah. to score. They wanted to they still wanted to score that in that last minute. And I think other Palace teams would have taken it to score. And also when you look at the goal, Benteke scores, but there were three Palace players on the edge of the box as well. So they still had that desire and that fitness. Also, I think you should I, I looked at the BBC feed last night, the live stream about midnight just to see and then there's a lot of furious Brighton fans on there who were saying, Yeah, they, they might have it might have been a smash and grab, but we all said in the January window we needed strikers. Potter hasn't, I, you know, he, he didn't confront the, the fact, the issue that we needed strikers and we weren't scoring goals. And it's all very well playing that lovely football in front of them, but the, the team who scores the more the more goals wins the game. It's always been that. And it, it was interesting, Carragher as well, because they went, they put two strikers up front, second half, which Carragher was interesting because he was saying that actually, despite the fact they battered us in the second half, that actually made it easier. Yeah. For Cahill and Chiari, because in the in the first half when they played with sort of three creative midfield players, it was much harder to for them to work out who was marking who. But it's, it's just I, like I, say, I don't I don't really <laughs> care about the and the tactical things. It just i just still basically because it's a ball about you're never told to never about. never are about <laughs> um,
2: and that's really interesting to have the uh, Andros acknowledge that that there is that level of self awareness about the players actually because he definitely switched off for the goal. But that's that's. That's refreshing to hear him say that. Um, before we go into part two, uh, I'm going to read out a couple more replies to how people reacted. Here we go. Sam Wiley said, uh, "I'm going to have to apologise to my new neighbours tomorrow. New neighbours. Yikes. Okay. Um, Danny Turner. I ran across the road outside the
4: front door. No Green Cross code. Uh, Mister, uh, I Mr... think you'll find that's a breach of the coronavirus regulations. There. <laughs> in, 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 okay. Yeah. You... I'm <laughs> have to bleep his name. <laughs>
3: No, no, hang on. He was exercising. If he was yeah.
2: running, that's fine. He was oh, exercising. a yeah.
4: reasonable <laughs> excuse. We've just beaten Brighton. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, a- Alexis
2: yeah. Pavlov <laughs> says, I spilt, Andy, like this, I spilt red wine all over the carpet and cushions. Uh, get
4: oh, get the salt out white. immediately. Yeah, not white. Oh,
7: <laughs> <laughs> no. no. Um,
4: <laughs> da, da, does right white wine work? On, uh, no, it doesn't matter. Um, no, a, a tip for him on how he might sort that out. Get a new carpet, mate. <laughs> Good tip. Great tip. Um, Darren Brook, <laughs> I frightened the dog.
2: <laughs> and then rob cranfield says i got told to shut the fuck up from upstairs oh, So there's,
3: there's a neighbor thing developing here isn't there there <laughs> is yeah there very much is maybe maybe estate agents are keeping that quiet so don't tell them they're palace fans next door <laughs> it, it will occasionally be noisy twice a year
2: <laughs> well it's good to hear everyone enjoying uh, that moment um let's move on to part two we're gonna have a quick clip from the pod extra Welcome back to part two of the five Pan podcast. This is a new feature where I drop in a little clip from the post-match podcast with uh, Rob, Dom and Selzy. This is them discussing that victory late on Monday night, uh, that 2-1 win
7: at the Amex. Adam, how, how did you feel about that uh, that I, performance I was
9: and the very, result. Very, very comfortable and very confident throughout. To be honest, <laughs> I didn't ever think it was in doubt. You know, I, I you know, controlled the game really. You know, and uh, scored right at the right moment to give him no opportunity to come back into the game. I mean, perfect performance. Really, ten-year contract for the manager, I think. After that, and probably five years for Christian Benteke to boot. I think we'll. And they'll be handing those out in the morning, won't we? No, in all seriousness, I will say to you that they're a very good team. A very good team, I think, who shouldn't be where they are in the league. I think I think, arguably at Sellers, they were the best team we've played this season in terms of what they did to us in the level of control they had over the game. They, they had more dominance than Liverpool, who scored seven goals against us. But here's the rub for Brighton; they're not—they've not been good enough in both penalty boxes, and that's in their downfall. And that's happened again tonight, and we've ended up cashing in and nicking the points. I mean, it was very difficult for us. Let's make no mistake. And I—I I think it's a little bit of a well. For me, there were a few things that I saw tonight, or feelings that I've taken away from it that that sort of really. Um, what's the word I'm looking for, probably emphasised the strength of my feeling overall about the situation. You know, in the second half, we are under the cosh. You know, Mateta isn't able to hold the ball up for us. We're really struggling to, to get up the pitch. But it was really difficult for me, for the manager, because I'm sitting there looking at our squad and our bench thinking, what would you do? Do you know what I mean? What what would you do, actually, that's going to change what we've got here or what we're doing? And, you know, it it, it was emphasised to me (coughs) a a couple of times when we had good possession. I think we had one or two situations in the first half. But, you know, for a team that needs to play on the counter-attack, we had absolutely no pace. So Mm. we couldn't, you know, when we did pick it up and... You need to get the bodies and bomb up the pitch. We just didn't have the, the 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 forward players with enough pace to really cause them too much of a problem in that respect. And you know, I've said numerous times from the summer onwards, we did need a very fast, pacey wide player, a very direct wide player that's very quick that can carry the ball. And I think we're missing that. And and what it what it said to me really is, you know, this myth that got a great squad and you know aren't we uh, underachieving and shouldn't we doing, be doing better? I mean it's just it is just that a I myth. Mean, you know there's there's very little there that you would you would say that you'd be desperate to keep or hold on to or you think is a you know as a big part of our future. There's a few players there of course but you know what it was, was a was a was a reward for a very dogged, determined team, who defensively, Gary Cahill was outstanding, but they just defended for their lives in the second half at times Mm. and threw their bodies in the way of things and got blocks and tackles and, and so on. And then sometimes you just come up lucky and the best team doesn't always win, just the team that scores the most goals. That's the reality of the game. And the best team didn't win tonight. You know, there'll be plenty of occasions when the coin will be flipped where we've done enough to win games and and not done them. You know, and you can think over our Premier League spell, that game we played against Aston Villa on that Tuesday night when Christian Benteke scored for Aston Villa, ironically. I think we had 26 attempts at goal and lost 1-0. Mm. Cardiff <clears> we played, we had 34 attempts at goal and drew 0-0. You know, sometimes this happens, but it's all about being clinical and taking your chances, and big time goal scorers are hard to come by because if Brighton did have, you know, let's say a very clinical, you know, Harry Kane type or somebody like that, there's absolutely no way they'd be in the bottom half of the table. And again, you know, to emphasize my point, I think um when I was talking to you all earlier in the group and you're looking at the spend. Brighton have spent several hundred Million in the time that Roy Has been in charge and we're on a sort Of minus spend You know I don't think You know from where we were a few Seasons ago where there was a very big gap I thought between us and And them we're well, not a very big gap But you know a, a Reasonable distance and we Had much greater quality You know they've really bridged that Gap and you know, have, have have been very good in both the games they've played against us, but haven't beaten us. And I think they're in lies their problem. And while they'll be frustrated
7: tonight, but Dom, what were your thoughts on on that performance? And and also, I mean, we're getting it from everybody. What about the the way that ended? <laughs> what were your thoughts?
5: But this is a an, an evening and a result that we should just enjoy. We've we've. Uh, Endured enough nonsense and and poor performances of late. Let's just enjoy this. We know that there are issues that need to be addressed in the summer. This isn't the night to talk about them. If I'm honest, yep. that's not a criticism of you, Selsey, because I know these are you're seeing the bigger picture here.
9: But this it's just about consistency, Dom. Really, isn't yeah, it? Completely. Just because I mean, and, and you win, we know, you don't we know you don't not see it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and when yeah, you, you, you lose, it right. does I mean, mean it, everything's wrong. You
5: know, but 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 just tonight. Let's, as you've done there, let's praise Gary Cahill, check Curiate for flinging themselves at everything. Uh, Vicente Guaita, even both fullbacks, actually. Um, you both, both had difficult moments, but both really got stuck in, hung on in there. The midfield, uh, Luca in particular, just attempting to block everything. Um, let's enjoy two absolutely glorious finishes. Very, very different contra- contrasting styles, obviously. Um, but you know, for Mateta's first attempt on goal to to go in with a backheel through, through <laughs> with two, by two nutmegs is just staggering. <laughs> <laughs> and then for Benteke just to—I mean, I, I'll be honest with you—I was. Oh it was all in the, in the television in the dining room here and i had my, I was in the kitchen looking around I just couldn't watch I could not watch I had the sound down I could not cope with what was happening it was it felt like a bright winter waiting to happen and then I look up and i IU is doing what he was doing all night and running 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 with the ball. um andros Townsend conjured across one sort of moment of proper quality from him all night and didn't it count. And what a finish from Benteke. It's we know there are issues with this with this squad. We know there are there's a massive surgery to be undertaken this summer. Huge, huge surgery. But if that is if that is what this team, this particular team has got to has left for us to 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 relish and celebrate, then I'll take that every night <laughs> of the week. Um, a two-one win at Bryan with two shots and
7: two touches <laughs> in the, in their box all night. Bloody hell. I think I think the thing that's really important is the, and I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll, I'll, I'll hold my hand up here. I questioned the character of this team. Um, and I think it was probably justified over the course of the last two games in terms of just the kind of effort, that, what felt like a lack of effort and looked like a lack of effort from some of those players. But tonight, you can't say that any one of those players didn't try their best. And that means that means players like Gary Cahill throwing himself in front of multiple shots. It means Kiarte putting his body in the line. It means Are you winning free kicks in in you know midfield areas in order to try and take some of the pressure off the defence? It means um, Luca getting him getting into tackles. It means you know Guaita making saves on the line and and basically throwing his body in front of everything all of that is about character and really after these kind of poor poor performances tonight's game isn't it, you know we can talk about the depressing element of how well brighton played and the the, the kind of gulf between us but really the manager will, will has pointed out that the, the thing that matters most is the scoreline at the end of the game and for me the biggest deal was the performance. And those players showed showed a kind of commitment to the cause that I think had been missing in previous matches. And it was, it was a, a huge improvement in that term, in, in those regards. Um, it was a difficult match to watch because Brighton did a really good job at the, this kind of high pressing. And whenever they got the ball, they were so quick at just zipping it around us. And there were spells in the second half where... You, you looked at Gyro, and he was completely and utterly lost. He didn't know where to turn. Um, you looked at Eze, and every time Eze got the ball, they had a player on him, and, they, and he was tackled, and it made it really difficult. He, he struggled with his composure, but when it came to it, in that final, you know, in those final moments in the in the, the penalty area, where Brighton had done all that build-up work and tried to then get into position to score goals, they weren't able to get past us, and that is ultimately what mattered most. And then you had, you had Mateta, who I think he had a, you know, the, the commentators were talking about how, what a difficult debut he'd had. It is a difficult debut. It's the Premier League, a, a player who's been playing in Germany in a very different competition, in a very different kind of intensity of competition, is going to always take time to adjust. And tonight, in the first half, that goal came out of, out of nothing. But that's brilliant. That is, you know, those kind of moments of individual... Uh, excellence, what you pay 18 million euros for, or, you know, and the fact is Palace have got him on loan for 18 months. So there's, there's, there's something to be positive about there. And then the goal from Benteke, we've, we've wanted that for such a long time. We've seen moments like that where he's had a chance to, to take, to take that finish and hasn't. And he did it in, in, in a game that that for a lot of Palace fans matters more than, than any other,
2: you know. It's weird, weird, isn't it? Because that, uh, he's, I would imagine, gonna leave the club in the summer. And so this is in a way maybe his parting gift to us. And if this is the last thing he does for Palace after what is it's four years, it's not a bad way to go out, is it?
7: No, absolutely not. And and also this is again, I, I, I've been critical of Roy Hodgson and I've I've said that you know I, I've said it's, that I feel it's time for him to, to go but this this was a this is another win. That Palace fans will remember for a long, long time, and it doesn't have to be. You know, we've had so many games where we've been second best in, in matches and ended up coming out with a win. I mean, that you know, we look at, look back at Crystal Ball with with these kind of with this you know memory of, of brilliance and, and what an what an amazing moment that was. Roy Hodgson has now won two away games at Brighton in two seasons. Um, And and to me, those are the kind of games you'll remember.
2: So there you go. Uh, You can hear more of that on our Patreon. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash FYP an hour and ten minutes I think we were there I was up till very late editing that podcast but it was an enjoyable edit because it was an enjoyable chat there is also a bit of a Selzy rant later on and Matthew Smith has tweeted us saying Selzy's rant on the post-match pod was worth the patron subscription alone uh, so there you go uh, if what you haven't you, what did he rant about I can't give it away. He's just I absolutely furious because he likes Brighton so much. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, his best mate Chris Hute and yeah, the Chris Hute would have been upset. You'll <laughs> have to sign up to find out if Andy's telling the truth there. Spoiler alert. Well why Of just course tell he's me? Not. I'm
3: not. I'm not going to sign up, am I?
2: I'll tell you off so I, I sign up to a rival pod? I'll tell you. Right, <laughs> rival. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> partisan. Uh, right, okay. So anyway, patreon.com forward slash FIP podcast uh, to check out the post-match pod. And after the break, we're going to read an article from
8: The Athletic. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home.
0: Welcome back to the 5-Year Plan Podcast.
2: I'm I'm sulking
3: now because the rival pod gets a whole (laughs) bit to itself.
2: You get the rest of the podcast. You do your pod. <laughs> it is my pod, and don't you forget it. Um <laughs> part three is so where we read an article from The Athletic. Uh, this week's sponsors. They're a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. Subscription-based website and app uh, completely ad-free. No ads, no pop-ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the home of football writing. And if you visit the athletic.co.uk and if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash fyp, you can start a subscription for just one pound a month it says here for a limited time only think It's been got going on for a while uh but either way check it out it's a very good deal indeed um Today's article went up this morning. It's by Matt Ruzum. It's called Smash and Grab Could Be Defining Moment of Hodgson and Benteke's Palace Careers. And we we, we haven't touched too much on Benteke so far. Obviously scored that goal, but we know that his contract is up in the summer. And Matt sort of discusses that uh, with a couple of these clips here. In normal times, Benteke's superb last-minute volley would have sent the away end at the Amex into Pan... A pandemonium. Instead, those scenes were surely replicated across living rooms back in South London and further afield, as we know people spilling wine. Uh, a wry smile found its way across the face of Roy Hodgson, the palace manager almost in disbelief. There is a real possibility that this 2-1 victory, in which they found themselves under unabating pressure for most of the game, will be the last meaningful contributions, possibly even the defining moment of both Hodgson and Benteke's palace careers. It was the perfect demonstration of Hodgson's counter-attacking style. The only two touches in the opposition box were the goals. Statistics mean literally to him though the outcome is all that mattered and there's a quote from Roy that says we couldn't have planned that any better if I was going to sleep and dreaming of how I'd like the game to end that would be it uh it was very much a Roy dream then Kevin not less so for the fans But if Roy and and Benteke in particular want to focus on it if they do leave in this in the summer what a parting present that is from Benteke a player that's had his real troubles at Palace over the last couple of years but in a way this almost makes up for all that
3: well, first of all, if the plan was to soak up that much pressure and score two wonder goals on the break, one of which was at the final whistle, then Hodgson's a more clever man than even I thought, to be honest, because I don't I don't think that was the plan. It's interesting that the way Hodgson and Benteke were talking afterwards, they'd obviously had words during the week, because Hodgson said he could have sulked when he wasn't starting this game, or he could have done what he did, which is to come on... With fifteen minutes to go and show me that I might have made a mistake not picking him from the start, which was interesting. I I still kinda of hope Benteke if I had a choice of which of them I really, 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 really wanted to stay, I'd probably go for Benteke ahead of Roy. You know, mm. we as we discussed last week, I, I think Roy's contract running out is the ideal time to find a replacement. Whether that means a, a change in philosophy, I don't necessarily know. But I I still think Benteke I still think Benteke's a top quality striker that for various reasons mainly injury and partly the way we played just hasn't had the opportunity to show how good a player he is and i'm sure the first thing he would have said back in that changing room and he would have said it to andros is what did i tell you give me a cross in the box and i'll score a goal because the, the technique for the finish was brilliant but also his his positioning was was good he, you could see him looking along the line to see you could see him second guessing the distance the ball was going to travel and and second guessing the fact that the defender wasn't uh, moving back with him, so it was a really, really good goal, and I, I think we would, we would miss that. I mean, I don't think we've got the money to buy a replacement. Mateta probably is the replacement, but if we can keep Benteke as well as an option, I'd be perfectly happy with that, to be honest. But as Matt says, if that if that was to be his final shot, and who knows, he might have ten final shots before <laughs> before the end of the season. I, I, I would be pleased if Benteki was to go, and that was our final memory of him. I'd be I'd be happy because. I think he's done enough for us to be for us to remember the good things he's done rather than the things, and it's not just these he hasn't done bad things he just hasn't been able to play for a lot of the time to to do stuff.
2: Yeah, I think people do forget the injuries that Benteke had. Certainly, there was a big one at the start of Hodgson's uh, tenure, well, I 17 think. months, wasn't it?
3: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, so
2: that, that definitely has been a factor. But the thing is, Trav, and we said before on this podcast that Benteke, for a player that's basically barely scored any goals in the last three or four years, still sort of weirdly loved by the Palace fans and gets a lot of support. I mean, Austin has tweeted us and said, when do we build the Benteke statue? <laughs> <laughs> but scoring a goal and <laughs> scoring any goal against Brighton makes you a bit of a Palace legend. Scoring a last-minute winner... With only our second touch in the box is going to make you a legend, and weirdly mix that in with the fact that it is Benteke who people seem to still love. I mean, it does elevate his status, doesn't it? Whatever happens in the summer,
6: um, I, he's 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 done a lot for us. It, it was um, <clears throat> I um, I would much rather have him here, like Kev said, than I would uh, Hodgson in the season. He's a player that has a lot to offer, and there is it's been the injuries and the lack of. Playing for playing to his strengths like we did in the first season that haven't allowed him to excel in the last few years and the confidence like Street you said earlier is a massive thing with strikers. You think he's about to hit the ground running and have a purple patch when he scored recently and I think he has done in the games afterwards because he has he hasn't been playing badly. There was about there was a, a period of time where he wasn't really playing very well but Palace fans can see like we we always can tell effort and we can see someone who's trying. We can see someone who who cares to put on the shirt and wants. To be there. Um and you can always tell that when he when he's um when he's playing. He never he's never lazy. He's always he's always trying his best. And it was a it was a good reward for him to get that goal the other day, and he deserves it. And he picked up the one against West Brom a few weeks, or the couple, wasn't it, against West Brom a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, there you can see the glimpses of him coming back to um the player he was um in that Padre season, the first one. Um but yeah, I think he's still got a lot to offer and uh, yeah i'm just I'm just happy that, that that goal could give you a lot more confidence than say the other ones do in a thrashing where you, it's almost like you're a striker, you should be on the score sheet um as opposed mm. to a last minute winner against your rivals it's It's the confidence it, it could help him kick on again. I know we keep saying it, but um yeah. you know i, I can you, you can see him if we play in that way, play to his strengths and may maybe not playing a full ninety minutes and having uh, going in between him and Matetta, you can see him both picking up an, another few goals before the end of the season and hopefully, hopefully that's the case because I did predict he was was going to get into double figures so hopefully he picks up, he picks up a few more.
2: <laughs> I mean imagine if we put in two crosses to Benteke during a half exactly. and imagine what he could do with that sort of service. Um, I think I think Bento is going to have to take a big um wage cut I think if he is going to stay. Uh, I, I just imagine. don't think it's going to happen. I think like with Roy it does. I think it kind of feels like the right time maybe for him to move on. But but that goal Andy was it the technique was so good to keep that down and hit it across uh, a cross goal into the far corner, giving Sanchez no chance. It was a reminder of what Benteke can do for Palace, and you know we saw it many times in his in his first season. If it is to be his last contribution or his last few months at Palace, what sort of memories will you have of of Christian Benteke? Will, will they be
4: good or bad ones? Because we've seen a bit of both. They'll be mixed, won't right, they? No? I mean, we've hmm. we've had. I mean, it's not obviously the only time he's put in a match-winning intervention at the Amex because it was his assist for Jordan Ayou nearly a year ago today, and he played pretty well in that match from memory. Um, and obviously some rediscovered his screw in touch with the uh, Brace at West Brom, which Travis mentioned. And we obviously remember the um, Purple Patch under uh, Parge and then Allardyce. But ultimately, there have been extremely long periods of not scoring goals. There have been periods of um, not putting chances away, and periods of some quite frustrating play. Really, I mean, uh, I think we all remember um, the, uh, the, the the penalty that he, mm. the, the, the sort of spate of of oh, incidents yeah. with penalties <coughs> he had one season as well. Um, Didn't he? I think he took the ball off someone as well to take one in and missed, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I think so. I think so from memory. And uh, I think Padres fans kept pretty patient. I, I mean, I've got mixed feelings on him. I think to a certain extent, I don't know quite how much of a place there is for a player like him who is pretty limited on the ground, if we're honest, and not super mobile in the increasingly fast and frenetic Premier League I think you have to play a bit like Burnley do to get the best out of a player like Ben Teke. I mean even even West Ham on David Moyes now and they're playing in a slightly more mobile way with the likes of Ben Rama floating about and Antonio who's a lot more mobile and better with his feet than than Ben Teke so much as we might like to think it's just a simple case of getting the ball wide getting into the box and he will score goals I'm not sure that's necessarily reflective of how a team like Palace can play or whether or not he can continue to to play in the way that he was at the very start of his tenure with Palace. Um, but, you know, I, I think we would struggle to say that he's lived up to all of the expectations, but there have been glimpses. I think the Burnley reference is probably the most important because
3: if we all assume that Roy isn't going to be our manager next season, what Benteke does depends on who the new manager is. And if it's Sean Dyche, and I think it's probably 50-50 between him and Eddie Howe, if it is Sean Dyche, I guess... He might be more keen to keep Benteke than Eddie Howard would be because it might be that a change of style. Benteke's is only 30; he's still he's still got a lot of football ahead of him. He's still a good finisher, and it might be that Sean dice first thing he says is, "No, we we will keep someone like Benteke." It might be that getting so many of those players off the off contract in June, July, will mean that we can keep paying his wages, and even if he doesn't take a pay cut, we might, he certainly won't be getting an increase, so yeah, I think, he's, I think his future very much depends on the, the new manager, and it very much depends on whether Hodgson sees Mateta, or the new manager sees Mateta as a straightforward light-for-light replacement for Benteke, or just a different option, basically.
2: Yeah, I think they do see him as a replacement, but again, we've got what, what is there, 10 games left, or 10-11 games left. It will be very Palace, wouldn't it? Very sorry, it would be typical Palace if we did yeah. offer Benteke a new deal off the back of a couple of goals towards the end of the season. But you never know. You never know. I th- um, anyway, I, th- I think you...
6: I've read about Benteke as well, stating that he, he he kind of wants to stay and try and prove himself. And it would a player like that, and that's the reason why I think a lot of fans like him. It seems like somebody might just go, actually, do you know, what? instead of going over there and stand wage mm-hmm. I'd rather I'd rather see if I can prove prove myself again here. And I think uh, with, with a lot of uh, at Palace, the um, the club, the, the boys at the club, Zaha, the, the mates, it's a very good feeling. It's a family there, it feels like, with with a lot of the players. And I think he enjoys that. He enjoys being down there. Like Andros Townsend's had his longest stint at any club, really, apart from being on loan loads at Tottenham. So I I, I think it's a, a possibility that someone like him could could try and stick around on a massive wage cut and s- see if he can... Because it's the tail end of his career now as well.
3: Yeah, well, also, as, as Andy knows... Some of the options that you may have had two seasons ago have okay, gone. Yeah, the, the, the Chinese option is gone. The the Ukrainian option, you know, the the number of places that where you can go to and just get six hundred thousand pound a month for playing out your last games on your Premier League reputation has gone, as entirely gone because Chinese clubs can't are not allowed to pay that level of money to foreign players anymore, and other countries that simply haven't got that, those level of it. So he's not. It's not like he could do two or three years ago and just pick. You know, I'll I'll go to Dubai and play and play out there, I'll go to China. Those options are gone as well. So if he's getting the same money or good money at Palace, why, why wouldn't he stay? And, and as Travis says, you could see last night, he was he seemed absolutely chuffed to bits and really proud. He referred to the celebrations on the pitch afterwards. He he knew what that goal meant to Palace fans. Uh, and it, it seemed as well from a couple, from the, from the couple of things the other players were saying that unlike the, the home game, which was arguably worse, they seem to have spoken to each other about how important it was to mm. beat to beat Brighton, which I was really, really pleased to see. But I, I, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see Benteke say, and I wouldn't be unhappy if he did.
2: They, they did get that. They got that in that PR messaging about mentioning yeah. the what, it, what the game means. <laughs> cynical, no, cynical? I, cynical? It, it, <laughs> you're, you're right to spot it. It did happen a lot. Someone in the FYP group made a good comment. I can't remember who it was. So, apologise. But Benteke does that same goal celebration. He celebrated like he's bangs in the goals every week like like, (laughs) just smashing his first one in (laughs) so you know respect him for that as well um anyway you can read that article from matt at the athletic and if you visit the athletic.co.uk forward slash fip you can start a subscription for just one pound a month um after the break questions
8: my brother-in-law died suddenly and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home
2: Hey. it's part four so it's time for questions as you can imagine kevin we have got a lot of questions uh from our listeners um we've got quite a few on a similar theme, so i'm gonna chuck them all in now and they are from sort of two sides of the fence so we've got quite a few people who i'll name them so we've got um john quinn who says we can't carry on playing this way um sam elliot says uh What a pair of goals, but our three shots versus Brighton's 25 and poor performance throughout. Uh, We all uh, deserve to and need to enjoy the moment a bit, but we probably shouldn't forget the game was more than the scoreline and little has changed on that front. And Paul Elphick says, glad we got the points, but can we honestly put up this style of play for the rest of the season? But on the flip side, and I think I I I know which side we're going to err towards today. um, FPL Taxi says, can we ignore how bad we've been and just enjoy the moment? Sam has put performance sublime goal sweet victory perhaps leave the analysis and just enjoy raw football chaos uh, and john o'connor has put i can't understand all the negativity i'm reading following this win if this had been played out in front of a packed Amex, we'd be buzzing all week surely nothing better than a smash and grab away victory against your biggest foe are we guilty of over analyzing the performance rather than just enjoying the result kevin which side of the fence do you come down on?
3: Uh, i'm very much on the leave the analysis enjoy the chaos I love the fact that people think that we do analysis on this podcast as well. I know. That's generous. It's, it's, it's absolutely right. I mean, and the point about a way, like I keep saying, laughter is the appropriate response. It's, it's happened enough to us. We've, lost, we've left Sellers Park on many occasions going, how on earth did we lose that game? You remember the game, the 3 2 when we were 3 2 up at half time not long ago. We should have scored 10 in the first half, and yet somehow it's 3 2. So it, 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 it has happened to us. And the fact is, there's no asterisk at the end of the season saying, these two goals were scored against the run of play. We've just beaten Brighton, for the love of God, away from home with a 95th-minute goal. And Andy's quite right. If we hadn't scored that 95th-minute goal and if we hadn't scored the 28th-minute goal, that would have been a dismal performance. But we did. you know. And it's and I think we, for the moment, enjoy it. And you know, I don't think we should expect anything different on Saturday either. I think we'll strangle the life out of Fulham and probably beat them as well, and then we'll all be safe. And then oh. we can... We can have that debate about whether what's the, what's the most important—staying up or playing good football. But yeah, if, if if you can't enjoy that last night, I mean, if if your immediate reaction is oh that was rubbish, oh yeah, we won—that's you know I'm, I'm with the people who scared the cat and the dog <laughs> and upset the neighbours and hit their head on the on the bedroom <laughs> ceiling. That's that's the sort of response I'm looking for. And, and yeah, of course you should. You can't. You can't ignore the context, except I'm willing to do that happily. It's our right as a completely, completely willing. I'm completely willing. And Andy hinted this last week, some of the miserable pods we've had to sit through in the last 48 years we've been doing this, <laughs> we, we've deserved the right to go, to, uh, yeah, so do. It's happened to us enough times. Yeah, it's true. You know, knockout broke our heart with that. Stupidly could go out of the blue and, and we we broke Brighton's hearts. I'm doing a podcast and while we're it i can't wait <laughs> i'm going to do nothing but mention it for forty five minutes if I don't make him cry after ten minutes i won't be happy cup, just, yeah. that's how it but that's how it should be just just enjoy the moment for it and then you know if we lose to Fulham as the chances are we will then we can we can get back to doing what we do best and moaning about it but just for now well, and like travis says it's just if only it happened Friday I mean its just yeah. Last the hour after the game last night was just the fact I was I was, I was texting everybody what's it saying Come round I'll leave the side gate open forget <laughs> lockdown It's all <laughs> finishing soon anyway I'll put I'll get the beers in Come down the side well because that's yeah you know it's brilliant I, that, that was one of the happiest hour and fifteen seconds of my life last night It was it was it was brilliant It's fantastic That's what that's what football does to you It's what Palace does to you So just just for this particular pod. I'm going for the sod it. We we beat Brighton 2-1 with a last minute goal and a, a double nutmeg back
2: heel. <laughs> when you put it like that, actually, it does it does sound ridiculous. Um, and underscore eight. I think has summed up
4: Charlino underscore eight. So. I think has summed
2: it up quite well. Was that simultaneously our worst ever and best ever win? <laughs>
4: <laughs> I mean, if you could boil the ridiculousness of Crystal Palace down to yeah, one match, yeah. it would probably be that. I mean, yeah. typical Palace and all that. Uh, I, I have to say, sort of harking back a tiny bit to the previous question, most the overwhelming majority of stuff that I've seen on social media and the like has been, you know, highly positive. And I, I, I've actually found it really cheering that lots of fans have been through obviously such a difficult period over the last, God, goodness knows how many months with, with lockdown. I do think that's been... Uh, then transposed into the extent of negativity and anger about Palace because that's not then provided any escapism or uh, joy in some yeah. of the performances. So to witness just the outpouring of joy even after terrible performance, just at the manner in which the the result unfolded, has been you know really nice to watch. Yeah, um, and I've just said something optimistic and ever so slightly tinged with emotion. Now I feel dirty. I oh, yeah. need to go and have a lie down. Can we change him?
3: Can we get on from there? It's no, sure. that horrible.
4: Absolutely horrible. Yeah. But,
3: but uh, Travis, sure, he makes a good, and he makes a good point because it, it did come off the back of the first positive news in the real life that we've had <laughs> real life. For, a long, for a long, do you know what I mean? It, it, you know, we suddenly offered a safe and sensible route. You know, we, we're offered the opportunity of 21st of June everyone catching it again because we go completely mad <laughs> yeah. and have a sh- sh- party but it, it came off the back of that so it was a little glimmer of good news in the real world and then it was just brilliant unexpected news in the football world And I, I, i'm perfectly happy to go along with that and celebrate that and the, the fact is that we didn't deserve it makes it even better
2: are you agreeing with that you falling on the positive side of the fence and ignoring I'm, I'm, the performance I'm, today
6: i'm definitely on the on the positive side because it it shows. I think last time I was on those games. that shows that football games aren't aren't about football quite a lot of the time in 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 big occasions like that. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how much of a difference uh, fans can make when they're at a stadium. So you can't be playing well, but those things like the things mm. like that, that drag you into it. When it comes to games like that, it um, that you can't really analyze it because you 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 got the three points, and it's the raw emotion of the game, and this is how how it turned out. Um, means that you that you, it's it almost is impossible to it is impossible to do because because of the emotion you feel from winning the game and you it's not like you walk away from game and you you're going that was really unfair the more unfair it is the happier you are so it, it, <laughs> it, that, that's, that, that's why it's really strange that, that's why it's, that's true. you can't you can't really analyze things like this because you're not walks where you're going we didn't play too well it's not like we we won it too 0 because of in the manner that we did that that's that kind of just sums up what football is um itself uh, uh yeah a uh, thoroughly 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 enjoyable even though it was thoroughly unenjoyable for large large portions of it <laughs> which is it feels really weird to say uh, it, that and, and that's why you know we, we all we all enjoy the game and we all want it to be back and we all want to be back in the stadiums as soon as possible because of because of uh days like that where you can walk away from it and um yeah, And it and it makes you weak, doesn't it, really?
2: Well said. Yeah, and uh, the three of you just really po- very poignantly put it all into perspective there, and I'm sure a lot of people will be agreeing. I'm getting a bit emotional thinking about it as well. So um, here's a couple of uh, typical palaces. One's from PC Wires. Uh, PC.
6: It uh, PC. says, oh, my PC. we
2: wait months for one of our centre forwards to hit the back of the net, and then two do it in the same <laughs> game. It can only be <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> fill in the blanks <laughs> and then toby kinder has put we could Hi, have toby. drawn the last three games unremarkably and all felt comfortable about where we're heading the joy of our club is that you get the leads and burning disgraces and then the incredible joy of last night sorry the indescribable yeah. joy of last night and then he's putting capitals typical palace and i think i think we would all rather have it that way around uh to yeah. be honest like like travis says enjoy the unenjoyable as it were um I'm going to round off. We've got, we've got so many questions. We haven't got time to get to them. I apologise. We've got a few people talking about essay sort of getting lost in the number 10 role, um, which is worth acknowledging. So, uh, Miles Loudon and James Morrow if both asked us about that. Um, I'm sure we'll probably get a chance to talk about that in future, in future episodes. Um, but let's try and keep it positive uh, for now. So, I'm going to end with a question from Ben, uh, ben, um, ben. who says, can you, name, uh, ben. Uh, can you name a better Palace moment since we have been back in the Premier League, than Benteke's goal.
3: Where does it rank for you, Kevin? Uh, Probably not quite as much as the third goal against Liverpool, but certainly up there. But I think Travis is absolutely right. The the fact that it was an empty stadium takes 1% of the gloss off it a little bit, because that would have been... Never mind the goal. I'd, you'd, you'd, I'd have stayed up all night watching the, the celebrations. But if I wasn't behind that goal myself, I, I'd you'd stay up all night watching the goal celebrations. And that—that's the beauty of a win like that. Imagine, imagine the buzz at the. You'd still be in Brighton now. <laughs> we'd, we'd, be, we'd be waking up under the pier, basically surrounded by beer cans and detritus still stiller because that's it was. Yeah, you, know, you, you wouldn't have minded how long they cattled you for last night, basically. They could have planted as many weapons as they wanted on us last night. We'd have, we'd have taken them ourselves. We'd have opened our pockets for the West local police to put <laughs> medieval maces in because we would have been so happy. And that's it. Just does it. Just took the gloss off it slightly, but it's, it's got it's up there. It's up there without a doubt. And not just Premier League moments. It's up there with top ten Palace moments. Full stop. I think because of the timing because of who scored it, because of the nature of the goal. And I, I almost feel a little bit sorry for Mateta because his brilliant goal yeah. got a little bit lost... In the midst of all that, because if it, if it had been a draw, that'd be the only thing we'd be talking about. Would be his goal, to be perfectly honest.
2: Uh, Trav, where does it rank for you in sort of palace moments since we've come back? Uh, it's, a, it it, years it's,
6: it's, it's a great moment in terms of feeling and, and what happened, but in terms of its importance, I think you know we we, we were already re, real, in reality safe going into the game. So it's, it's a good to get a last minute goal against your rivals, but it 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 doesn't come anywhere near the the, the punching goal against Norwich. For example, yeah. like things, oh, yeah, like yeah. things like that, yeah, or, yeah. Or, or goals that have sent us into Connor Wickham's goal, even even Punchin's goal in the FA Cup final, ended up losing, seemed to have a bit more. To, I mean, it was it was it was a last minute goal against your, your rivals, which is always great. But in terms of the importance of it and it have it's, uh, um, saving our future as a club um, and cementing us where we are, there has been a few more that have been a bit more important. But yeah, in the moment, it was it was great.
2: Um, Andy, I'm going to flip the question slightly for you. Uh, Evan said, is it the ultimate smash and grab? And then Si said, is it the biggest shit house win in Palace history? <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got a couple of suggestions here from Chris who runs one more point. He says, Borough 92, Leicester 94, South, then 93. Uh, all on the cheeky side, but this was barefaced robbery. I don't remember any of those games, uh, but <laughs> where does it rank for you in smash
4: and grabs? Pretty high up. I mean the fact that I can't recall one no, I it's can't quite Chris, is quite ludicrous that <laughs> yeah. recently. I mean, I think the touches in their box point really does summon up more than anything. You looked at the numbers last night and you know I love my expected goals. Palace had an expected goals cumulatively last night of naught point two. That's a twenty percent chance of scoring one goal across the entire match. And yeah, we scored two goals across the entire match. So yeah, it was um quite satisfying in that regard. <laughs>
3: Well, it just shows how um, shit house win. By the way, that's replacing uh, never twelve to bounce. No, the, the t- no. <laughs> but, but the XG because there was a, I don't know if you saw it, Andy. There was a, a stat late on uh, in the analysis last night. Brighton became the first team ever to lose seven games of the season where their XG was higher than the other the other team. <gasps> Good stat. Which sort of shows that it's a, a little bit of a nonsense in terms of. Stats, isn't it? I'm sorry Well, I don't know. It's, it's oh.
4: interesting. you in showing that that Brighton and I think Selzy referred to this last night on the, on the Pod Extra. They, they play some very nice football. And they create an awful lot of chances, but they get into the opposition box and they just seem to fall apart. They create lots mm. and lots and lots of opportunities. There's one last night in particular, I recall, from Lallana where it came to him, you know, in a pretty good position. It opened up. And you thought, mm. oh, gosh, he's going to put it on target here and puts it wide. And that's happened time and time and time again. It's, it's interesting. In some ways, just to show that they are, you know, out producing their opposition, but all too frequently not managing to outscore them because they're not clinical enough. Mm.
2: Kevin, I'll be very disappointed if you don't mention that stat to Kieran on the next. Oh, uh, P- it's there. P- oh, it better be. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, listen. Thank you to everyone for your questions. Sorry we couldn't get through them. There's some really good ones in there, but uh, please keep sending them in uh, for next week's podcast. And after the break, we are going to preview that game against Fulham. Welcome back to the Football plan podcast. Hey. It's that part of the pod where we preview Palace's next game. Last few weeks, I've been dreading this bit. I'm quite excited about previewing, previewing Palace's next game. Uh, it's Fulham at home, Kevin. Uh, a team that actually have had a massive upturn in, in performances and results. They've done fantastically recently uh, under Scott Parker. The, the Brighton result, I think, probably takes the pressure off a little bit. Because otherwise, I think uh, we'd be going into this as a must win, Really? But the Brighton game will have helped. What do you see unfolding against against Fulham on Sunday? I think it is isn't it?
3: Uh, I'm not sure. Is it? I thought it was Saturday. But never mm. mind. It doesn't. Um, there must <laughs> doesn't be matter. some way of finding out. I don't care anymore. Uh, <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. And Travis alluded to this earlier as well. If if we'd lost last night, I think there, there would have been a lot of panicking Palace fans saying we have to beat Fulham, or we're being dragged into it, or we're already being dragged into it. The fact that we we retained that 10-point cushion last night was was important. I agree with Andy last week when he said, I don't think we're going to go down anyway. I don't think we would have done even if we hadn't won last night. But it, it becomes a more important game for Fulham than it does for us, basically, which is what you want essentially
4: an important game for Brighton too I mean they have to well, now hope you know, what, that we beat Fulham uh, and Fulham don't beat us well that's a really
3: good point as well because for all the, the media loving with, with Brighton and with Steve Bruce because Steve Bruce is their mate they, they need to have a look at the league table to be perfectly honest but I, I don't think it will be any different in terms of performance and you know Fulham have been playing well recently but they they were lucky enough to come up against Everton when Everton were still exhausted from that cup game they drew at Burnley and then they just about beat the worst team in the Premier League so they will come into it with a bit of confidence but they you know they we're a, I hesitate to use the word gnarly we're a proper gnarly I would say we're, we're the last team they want to play they will, they'll probably the narrative will be similar they'll have more of the ball than we do they'll probably play some pretty football the you know, BBC commentators half of whom live in West London and the other half who don't live in Brighton <laughs> will probably say you know, aren't they a pleasure to watch in the Premier League, and then they'll show the league league table and we'll be 13 points ahead of them, which I'll be perfectly happy with. Like you say, I'll go into it in a much better frame of mind Mm -hmm. than I would have done uh, apart from last night's result.
2: Um, Trav, in an an alternate universe, there would be quite a few players in that um, Fulham lineup playing for Palace. Uh, Lukman is a player that we've been linked with multiple times. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maja, who's just joined them, was in the Palace youth team, I believe. And then Ruben Loftus-Cheek, obviously a player that we've we've had uh, on loan and we loved and wanted back. So they, 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 there's some players in there that can cause Palace damage, isn't there?
6: Uh, definitely, but you know they' the young and un, experienced, Really, a lot of them as well, and we've got a lot a lot of experience at the back. I think we just we just need to play like we did the other day. And shut them out because I, th- I think there's enough magic in the team. We've seen now uh, with uh, Mateta the other day, Eze can pull something out of the bag. Um, Brighton are uh, a significantly better team than Fulham are as well. And I think we, c- we could try and take the game to them a bit more than we did uh, against Brighton, even without Zaha, who will probably not be playing. Um, so, uh, yeah, I-, I think it's one of those games that we we could just go and push and then you- we get we get the three points and then it is real relaxation time, I think. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon, but it is one of those games you you do you do go into thinking we we should really get the three points here. But you know the, the danger boys, like you said, a low local boys as well. I think because Lookman came through the Charlton Academy, so all, all, all local lads um, playing for them. But I don't think any apart from Loftus Cheek, I can't see the other two really adding to the to the, the squad we got at the moment. Anyway, so I don't think we're really missing out, but not having any good.
2: No, I love the positivity, we're going to keep it positive Um, Andy, I'm going to put you on the spot Uh, Do you think Palace will have more than two touches in (laughs) Fulham's penalty box all game?
4: That's a very good question Uh, Yes, Fulham aren't as good at defending as Brighton Brighton actually have a very good uh, defence including the, (laughs) the much despised by Palace fan Palace fans Lewis Dunk and Ben White who I think is very good as well Fulham I don't think have anywhere near that amount of quality at the back and Similar to Brighton in some respects, they have a lot of the ball, but don't always show the clinical edge that one might want from a team in the Premier League in the opposition box. So I think um, we'll have more than two touches in the Fulham box and I think we will win. <laughs> Love also, the positivity.
3: Winning without Wilf as well. Cause again, uh, Ben mentioned that as well last night. So clearly, that's a big weight off their shoulders That's they, they they were acknowledging that fact as well so their players are obviously aware of it it'd be interesting to see what starting 11 he comes up with because I don't mm. think he would play that four three three 3 3 again you'd you'd hope Eze had more of a more of a role to play uh, I imagine Ayu would be the first name on the team sheet because he we sort of glossed over this but he was yeah. Cahill was my man in the match last night but Ayu was magnificent he was everywhere I mean the the, it was a brilliant pass to him for that first goal, but his control and his that unexpected pace to get ahead of the, the fullback and get across to him was was great, and he 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 was all over the place. So he will definitely start, but how how the rest of the team shape up is going to be really interesting.
2: I totally agree. Um, you're right. We glossed over that, um, but you know what? Who cares? We, we, it's a positive episode. We do what we want. Um, so we will see uh, what happens with the Fulham game. It is Sunday. It's midday okay. on Sunday. Midday. Um, Midday on Sunday yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, magic, my time. magic time There you go <laughs> Well anyway look It's been lovely to have a nice Upbeat positive pod with you guys Which I think was the only way to be After that result on Monday night So uh, thank you Kevin Lovely to uh, chat to you as ever
3: Always a pleasure Especially on a day like today Love you all Beautiful uh, Trav great
6: to have you on You too Good to see you again
2: And <clears throat> Andy Great to have you on And great to have the positive Andy That I know is in there
4: I'm not, It's not been positive It's been entirely impartial Based upon what's happened Anyway. That note. Yeah, you have that
2: note. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again
0: soon. Goodbye. Hey, it's Jesse Kelly. Ronald Reagan famously once said, the nine most terrifying words in the English language are... I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. Americans are losing faith in the banking system, and at the same time, the U.S. government could soon be headed toward a centralized banking system. How scary is that? How do you protect yourself as the government gets more involved in your life? For me, owning gold is one way. Having gold that I can see and touch makes me feel protected. Having a portion of your retirement in precious metals is another way to feel protected. I don't own crypto. I don't own NFTs and I don't buy meme stocks. I don't invest in things I don't understand. If you are like me and want to feel safe, it's time to call my friends at the Oxford Gold Group. Go to www.oxfordgoldgroup.com to learn more. Again, that's www.oxfordgoldgroup.com.
8: Sports Social Podcast Network.